0: Hi John. Oh, hello, Berlin. How's it going? Uh, pretty oh. well. You know, just getting my shit together.
1: Oh. oh.
0: What have you been doing this morning?
2: Uh you know, I don't do very much in the mornings, let's hmm. be honest. Oh, I don't believe that. I uh You gotta be I doing can. something, you're awake. I mean I putter around, I'm barely awake. Hmm um put 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 you know on on days you know the because of uh because I live in a not like you in a conventionally structured family but in an unconstructed uh, unconstructed family, I don't have to get my daughter up to school every morning mm-hmm. only sometimes, so other times i just i just lay in bed and just stare up at the little reflective moons that I have on the. Ceiling mm-hmm. of my room. I don't really have that on my room. But
0: are you just tired, or are you thinking? I'm thinking, thinking mm-hmm. deep thoughts. Yeah, thinking, yeah. thinking. It's hard to get a kid to school. I know we've <sighs> talked about it before. Well, no, I talk about it every day. Socks. I just socks. I just spilled, socks. There's just, never a day where socks are not a thing that you need to wear. You need to just find socks. Coffee on my shirt. I'm sorry. It's all right. It was clean
2: for. 15 minutes. Hey! 15 minutes. I put it on. I was like, this is a nice shirt. Should I wear this shirt today? Yeah, what the hell? What am I saving it for? Am I saving it for
0: some wedding or something? All right, I don't want to talk you wear. to death on the kid stuff. I know it's boring. When you're thinking deep thoughts in the morning, what mm-hmm. is the general nature of your deep thoughts? Hmm. If you can say. Ah, the oof. general nature of the deep thoughts. Are you thinking about dreams? Are, are you Are you ruminating? Are you pondering what the day might look like? Are you thinking about Dick Cheney? What are you thinking about? You know, I don't really think about the day
2: as it's you know like like looking at it like oh how's this day going to go? Because I just take it as it comes. You know? Do
0: you? You take it as it comes? I take it as it comes. I huh.
2: don't. I don't really. You know. I, I like. I'll I'll plot it out if I have to. If I have to. Hit hit several lily pads on my way across the. If I have to go from a lily pad to a log, Mm -hmm. to a lily pad to a log to get across the stream to the other side, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, I'll like try and figure out what those are because the logs are moving one way, the lily pads are moving another.
0: Oh, and you got to get across the street without getting hit.
2: Yeah, you got to get you got to get over there. Mm -hmm. Um, But. you know, I have like I, I we've talked about it before. I have a a series. I have like a a, a Manila folder full of things that I'm permanently anxious about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I run. I got to run those. Oh God! You know, like what would you know? It's another day where I haven't put out a record album. No, oh, yeah, you're doing your regular check-in. <laughs> yeah, doing your than regular check-in. <laughs> doing your standing meeting with yourself. That's right. And then I have the then I have the subset. <laughs> I got, any,
1: got any
0: progress on that?
2: <laughs> nope. <laughs> yep. Still, still not 100 sure we graduated from college. Actually. <laughs> um. And then there's the subset of those which are, uh, the ones that are like l- over 10 years old. Like, oh God, I got to fill in that swimming pool and I got to fix that foundation of that barn Ugh. and I have to build a, I have to rebuild that front walk.
0: That's a thick, that's to, a thick, thick Manila folder. It's terrible. Yeah. It's so probably, probably an accordion folder to accommodate new additions. Mm-hmm. Oh, for shiz. Mm.
2: And it's a, uh, it's a thing where shush, I, um, what I do is I say, this is the year. I'm definitely doing it. It's just a matter of a few phone calls.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then, you know, it's like, oh, I don't have any money.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But this is the year for that, too.
1: Oh, and then from, I have this is
2: the year of money. This is the year where the money. I'm mm-hmm. going to figure out a way to earn money this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I College, think, figure out college. Well, I don't have to do that.
0: Either I graduated or I didn't. Oh, I am thinking for your, for your youngster.
1: That's, that's, oh, always, no.
0: that's always there in my folder. I don't think about college. For I keep the counting place. on college to just fall apart. I think it's due. I think we're you due think for the they're,
1: Yeah, they're yeah, so. no.
0: It's like, you know, like when you're when you're when you're kind of a, a closet introvert, you think like, well, if there's an earthquake, I won't have to go to dinner with this person tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I keep thinking it's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen. There's gonna be some kind of uh, university university nine eleven. We're gonna have to start over. Well, I think it's happening. I know. I but not it, fast I enough. I mean, she keeps growing. She she the socks she had today were too small. She's growing. She's getting very big. She's she's like five feet tall now.
2: Well, you know, at a certain point she'll be able to wear your socks. Yeah. Because you, you're you're uh, you're somebody that only buys one kind of sock. What right? kind of don't sock. Don't you get mm-hmm. gold toes? like white, white gold toes. Yeah. White gold toes. Yeah. So you you know, Minecraft socks. Yeah, I don't know what those are. Mm-hmm. Are they made out of Legos? <laughs> <laughs> Seems oh. uncomfortable. Uh, but but you know you never think you never see the apocalypse coming the way you think it's going to come. Never happens the way you think. And I think what's happening is the university apocalypse is. As it becomes, as universities proliferate, they become less and less meaningful, more and more just diffuse, and pretty soon, like universities are the equivalent of like summer camp or gardening school or, uh, you know, banana pants. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, you know, I mean. You could spend a hundred thousand dollars a year sending oh your kid to gosh. university right now, and what are they going to do? They're going to read Mark Twain and you yeah. know, and and uh, and Beloved, and they're going to. Wh- I mean, and then they could take a bunch of maths classes that they could do online.
0: They're already talking about what was it? It was somewhere in the upper Midwest. One of the universities was talking about like just gutting pretty much all of their humanities department and languages. Oh, it-
2: Oh, it just happened, right? It was. Um, it was. Was it Minnesota? It was. Yeah. It was. Well, wait a minute. I, Michigan? I, I just had this conversation. It was. Yeah, Michigan State or something like that, or University it was of Michigan. Pretty, just,
0: pretty uh, broad stroke they were taking, though. They were going to just basically cut out a couple whole buildings, I think. Well, sure, because they
2: see where the they see where the bread is buttered, and they realize that they're that they're a trade school, just like we've been saying for a long time. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it, all going to be like petroleum engineering. Yeah, so so why is it even called a university? There's nothing universal about it. It should be called a specificity. Specificity. <laughs>
0: it should. <laughs> I agree. You, I you agree. Know, I mean, you know. It should be on the job training somewhere. Talk about your privilege, boy. I got to go to college, like out the door. It was like five grand a year, including everything, pretty mm. much. Mm-hmm. And I got to sit around and read books. Well, you know what? Well, you can read books anytime. We got a library right, right near our house. You can go there anytime. <laughs> but the, the, I uh, personally, I feel like
2: getting a liberal arts education requires that you be in a college and talking to people all the time. Sure. You know, and getting the thing is getting a petroleum engineering degree requires that you talk to people. It's just that you should be talking to people on a job site at a petroleum situation. You should be down in Louisiana somewhere with some guy in overalls or coveralls or, I don't know, pocket yeah. protector yeah. saying, hey, get over here and turn this wrench. Yeah. This is your degree.
0: It's like a law degree used to be. Yeah. Now, one way I feel like we're real different. Um, I mean, I, I've got a few lily pads I need to hit. But, like, you seems like you go places a lot. Am I wrong about that? It seems like you leave your house and go places. Like, you you go to events, you go to meetings, maybe you're going to have coffee with somebody. I, I... It's not. It's not no, It's not. It's not a trick question. It's just that. It's more in the service of saying like, when I have to go anywhere, if I have a phone call that's not a normal like, you know, like a podcast or something where I've got to like have a scheduled thing with with a pseudo stranger, it's like I'm I way over engineer my day, and it sounds like you don't do that.
2: No, no, I don't. I mean, I have to do things, and I, and I'm I'm always late, which which I, I know why I'm always late. I leave the house too late.
0: Well, I think we've discussed that you and the city of Seattle have some differences about how the roads should work. It gets worse all the time. It's an expectations game in a lot of ways. But, but yeah, I, I think
2: when I moved to this house, I really thought I had solved a lot of problems. And what I really did was, I mean, every time you... I was talking to somebody a couple of days ago, who is very accomplished? He's a person our age, Ugh. and extremely, extremely accomplished person, and um, and also happy.
0: Oh, huh? Accomplished and happy?
2: Yeah. Ugh. And and um, and I had the occasion to uh, to meet uh, one of this person's children and um the child was happy and the child like on its own uh described its life as uh, as good and its family life as good um like and it was it was obvious that they were um like they were they were high functioning and but they weren't uh, they weren't like uh, dull-witted you know they were sharp and they had and they were capable of feeling sad and you know all these emotions D- didn't they, read
0: as a cult or, or forgive my saying it's an old term we didn't feel like a brainwashing kind of thing hmm. far from it mm-hmm. I was
2: impressed
0: by the child
2: I was impressed by the person oh, gross um, I'm, I'm speaking of um I so I so, it, it was one of these things that you're talking about. I had to leave the house because a friend was in town and uh, they were having a show, and the friend was Sarah Vowell. Oh uh, right, that, okay. That you that you know from the um, from the radio.
0: I saw your leaked texts about this. Yeah,
2: and she was interviewing Michael, Gincino, uh, who what is the composer that did the music for the the movie Up, and for oh wow. And for the um, the J.J. Abrams movies, and for the Incredibles, and for that's Lost.
0: A, what, no, really, Incredibles.
2: Yeah, that's really good music. Well, so he's really good. He's really good at his job. He did um, he did the Star Trek reboot. He did you know uh, Rogue One. Wow, and. So, and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, our age (laughs) and talking to him, you know, it's, he's one of the people in the world who at a very young age knew what he wanted to do. And he, and he found pursuing that really enjoyable. He, you know, he's obviously somebody that got up in the morning and was like, you know, I'm doing it. I'm going. And he basically, he taught himself how to score, Uh, he taught himself how to, how to compose for an orchestra and conduct an orchestra. Um, Basically, you know, he went to various schools, but he, but mostly he was just watching planet of the apes and trying to figure out how it was done. Okay. And, um, and now he is three quarters of the way to an EGOT. He's got, a, he's got Emmys, Grammys, and uh, Oscar for Up. Uh, and I didn't know any of this while we, we were, the three of us were at the Washington Athletic Club at about one o'clock in the morning sitting in the bar just because they had done a good show and it was just like we were shooting the shit. And it was obvious he was accomplished and obvious from the reaction of the people at the opera house who had come to see them talk that he was beloved. But, you know, I didn't do any advance research on him. Mm-hmm. And it turned out we had met before through uh, San Francisco's uh, number one Adam Savage. Mm-hmm. But walking away, you know, then you get home and you're like, who was that guy? What an interesting guy. What a nice evening. I should figure out who that was. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I see. <laughs> he's He's fairly accomplished. But crucially, he was Really happy to be in the world and happy to be himself. You could tell he just loved his job. He loved his work. He loved his and his kids like his kids are two of them are going away to college and the youngest one is still at home. And the and uh, Sarah was saying that the youngest one reported not being able to think of a single advantage to having his older brother and sister out of the house. He was like, No, it's really sad that they left. And she's like, Really? You're the only kid left? Like, you can't, it's not kind of fun. You're not getting all the attention. And he's like, No, it's really, I miss them and I wish they were home. (laughs) It's like, Wow, that's really impressive. You know, like, this feels like some kind of like a Ned Flanders situation. Well, no, but the thing is, they're all, you know, he's like, he'll sit and, I mean, you would, you you two would go nuts on each other because he also has a, as a, Complete world history of uh, popular entertainment in the in America in the 20th and 21st century. Like he loves it all, and he was showing. He showed us a clip of King Kong, and he's like, "Listen to the music," and I'm like, "Amazing, the music of
0: King Kong."
2: Sounds like he's a good
0: synthesizer. Like he synthesizes uh, stuff well.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, just you know, uh, just again, somebody working at like. If I, if I put myself back to the age of 22 when he was 22 and we were both thinking about what we're going to do today and he was like, I got to figure out how to, how to, you know, like write in the treble clef
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I was like, "Ugh, I've got to get this, all this mucus out of my eyes. And he's, he's
0: actually younger than I am. this is depressing yeah
2: he, he splits the difference between you and me
0: yeah, right he's right in between <laughs> I, I discovered um the uh, this this is something that's happened to me more and more. It wasn't too long ago. I learned that there's now a Supreme Court justice that's younger than I, mm-hmm. and it uh, wasn't until uh, last week that I learned that the embattled uh e p a guy is mm-hmm. uh two years younger than me. <laughs> Mhm. Mm-hmm. Feel like I should be further along. Nobody's up for me an apartment in DC. Well, you know it's
2: not too late. You I never guess. know the next next administration might be. Um, you know it might Even be lonely. <laughs> it might be lonely sandwich. It's like I'm president. <laughs> president sandwich. I am the president. President sandwich. And my director of the EPA is going to be hmm Merlin.
1: Hey, I care about the environment <laughs> and stuff.
2: I'm due. I'm due. But the but, but I you know in life you encounter these situations where you you, where you meet someone who's just like firing on all cylinders yes. right and I mean, it's not to say that he doesn't have problems he confesses to being sad and and you understand like, that's, sad, so health, health, that's
0: so healthy that's so healthy
2: but but for me like when I moved out here I thought I was solving for a lot of problems and what it did was I realized like oh I bought a house. I bought my first house. When I bought it, I was very conscious. This is just your first house. You know, in the space of, from the time I was born till the time I graduated from high school, my parents, between the two of them probably had 10 houses. You know, they just would buy a house. They'd live there a few years. They'd buy another house Mm -hmm. and times were different. Mm -hmm. Right. But uh, you know, because you could buy a house for
1: Mm
2: $20,000. Um, but But I was like, listen, this is just, you're just buying this place, and then the next thing that happens, you'll just do that. Like, don't, don't become, don't get to be crazy about it. But I got this house. It's not around anything, really. It's a, it's a long way to, to the next thing. I like your house. It's nice, but, you know, you can't, it's not really walkable to anywhere, which is a thing, which is a thing. You like, you want it, you want to be able to walk places. I do. Yeah. True. But now, you know, it's like, uh, I'm, there's a part of me that's ready for a change. Hmm. There's a part of me that feels like I'm rooted here and it's hard to balance, like, which do I want? Do I want to be, do I want change? Do I want to be rooted? It's like basically the 2008 election that I have to choose
1: mm-hmm.
2: between, between change and, and, um, a World War II veteran.
1: mm
0: That's a lot, there's a lot lot involved in house things. I can see why you wouldn't be, and I mean, obviously there's a million things that have changed in the time since your parents were buying houses, but like, boy, that's a lot of, that's a lot of hassle. You got to go to a lot of places. You got to sign stuff.
1: Yeah. You got to be vetted.
2: Yeah. All the signing of things. And, and, and I think, I think probably my house has increased in value. Um, but what used to seem like a, a situation where it was like free money, um, now just seems like oh fuck you know like yeah sure you it's increased in value but so has everything else
0: well and you got to account for the eels you have all the eels a lot of people off. are going to want their cut even they're, figuring out what your place is worth you're going to probably have to you're going to cross somebody's palm yep they're, some they're, guy or a, a gal let's well, be honest with a clipboard is going to come out there that's probably five thousand dollars I bet that's five thousand dollars. Well, it's the, it's the, and it's also
2: the thing where you're, you get your house fixed up to sell and all of a sudden you do all the things that you wish you'd done 10 years before. You put in the walk and you fix the barn and you fill in the pool mm-hmm. in order to sell it to somebody else. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, now that I've fixed all those things, now I want to live here. Sure. Um, but also like if I were moving, I follow a thing on Instagram that's like cheap old houses. Mm-hmm. And every day they post five pictures of these ten bedroom houses in Ames, Iowa, or uh, usually in South Carolina or mm-hmm. something, or Ohio. These, you know, and they're on eighteen acres, <sighs> and uh, they're like seventy nine thousand dollars. And you go, I mean, I don't, you know, there are people in Seattle who could sell their house. And then go live in South Carolina for the rest of their lives and just live off the money. But I'm not one of those people. So where would I live? You know, it's a constant question when you're living on the West Coast. Like, if you live somewhere in the middle of the United States, and I love the middle of the United States. Do not get me wrong. Absolutely. I love those Midwestern states. I love the Southern states. You, you, You can't have the coast without the middle. That's right. Mm-hmm. But if you're living in one of those places and you're like, I need a change, then you can always go to the West Coast. That's what people have done for time immemorial. If you want to uh, like, put a flower in your hair, move to San Francisco. Yes. Um, But if you live in Seattle or San Francisco and you want to move somewhere, where are you going to move? You're mm-hmm. not going to move back to Ohio. Mm-hmm. That goes against the stream. Mm-hmm. That's... Yeah, that's not the direction. You're saying you're going in the wrong direction. Going in the wrong direction. Hmm. You got to move to Tokyo or something. But
1: you know, interesting. Okay. To yeah.
2: um, so, like, uh, do you know Isaac Marion? No, I don't think I do. He's a pal of mine from here. He he wrote a, a science fiction book, uh, I think about vampires, called Warm Bodies. Warm Bodies. Warm bodies. It became a film. Mm-hmm. Became a, pic, a, 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 a picture. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and he's a he's a character. It's it's, in our, it's a, he's in our wider universe. He's working in the arts. He's he, he had a book. It was a success. Um, but uh, then he published. He was born in 1981. Uh, yeah, I know. He's not really anywhere like us, right? He's a young person. Mm-hmm. He has tattoos on his hands. Sure. So he's not like us. Mm-hmm. But he is a, you know, he is a living, breathing person that I know in person and like. And uh, and so he put out a, a recent book and he was really like, come on, everybody, like, remember the book that I wrote that you like, like, read my other book. Mm-hmm. But it was just like it happens. Sometimes people were like, oh, I, we just like the one book or 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 we don't read books anymore. I think was it's a more, lot of work.
0: It's a lot of work like, to to have something that people look at for a little while. Right. It's not, not so far. I mean, I don't want to change the subject. Not so far off from like the Spotify kind of stuff. You know, you put the amount of work into an album. Like, where's it going to go? Well, it's not that different from starting a podcast in
2: 2010 versus 2018. Right. That's probably I mean, true. Um, like as as there are more and more podcasts, I don't think it's it, it's not getting any easier to get people to listen to them. Most but of the good so, ones have already been started. Oh, I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, once you are, once you've talked about Macintosh computers, what mm-hmm. else is that related really podcast about?
0: I suppose sports. Yeah, i I admire I admire uh, anybody who makes a lot of a thing. And keeps mm. doing it. Um, th- I really admire that a lot. And When you see people that are able to produce so many albums or so many books or, or so many whatever it is, you know, especially because I feel like I'm still kind of waking up to the new media landscape, something I used to feel like I was very tuned into. But now, I mean, I, actually, I do listen to podcasts about stuff like the media landscape and like the changing world of like just how different the world is in the last, let's even say three years, five years, maybe. Yeah. With the way the TV, not just TV quality has changed, but the way TV is put out, that you could have somebody like Netflix who's like, eh, fuck it! Here's ten episodes of a TV show, suckers! Like, enjoy it." It's Isn't like, who's incredible. making all this stuff? And now they're saying like, "There's like, there's going to be like a, at least for the foreseeable future, with all the money that's going into streaming, there's this kind of a not a talent drain, but there's sort of a talent drought of like, hmm. are there enough like, you know, technical people to produce right. the amount of stuff that needs to get made? Right? But you know, but I, but I don't you know. Need man. all those best boy grips. Well, we talked about people talked about this in the in the kind of not long after the age of, say, um, uh, what's the music program Napster, where like it became apparent that the new the new economy, the new economy for music was going to be about a few, you know, absolutely huge sellers like mm-hmm. at that time a Britney Spears like today maybe a Cardi B or definitely mm. a Taylor Swift like there would be these people who are kind of operating on a 10x level from where everybody else was and then the very 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 long tail but it seems like every, I mean I'll go into iTunes and I'll open it, and I'm like oh my god there's like there's new like Paul McCartney things there's new like they might be Giants things and I'm just not aware so, last time I looked there were Jonathan Colton things that I didn't remember coming out like why well, don't remember these things coming out it's really strange and I, I imagine know, it, for an author that's really difficult well, it's really difficult for Jonathan Colton. I mean, he put out a record
2: this year or, or recently. I bought, I bought the year. full. I bought the. I bought two copies of the full package. But he said that it came out and no one knew about it. My daughter no, loves it, and he's like, "What the heck? Like, I'm. Uh, I'm. He's used to putting records out and people, uh, have, well, hear about it at least. But Isaac. Uh, put out a book and he was like, buy my book. And nobody did. And then he's like, I'm selling my house. Oh God. And and, you know, he's, the thing is he's a bachelor still. He bought a a house when he, uh, when he had his first success and and it's in a, you know, cute little house over in a cute little neighborhood. And now he's selling it. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? And he's like, I'm going to live in my van for a while. Wow. And there was a part of me that felt like, Oh, that's you know that feels like a come down but there was another big part of me that was like wow i
0: know i wow. I, I i know that feeling not, not the feeling to the me i want to be clear here not the feeling of like let's run away but but the feeling although that is certainly that's an interesting idea but like for us like we're in the midst of like a major beginning a major purge of just too much junk that we don't need are you yeah yeah Yeah. and that's well and a lot of that is kid related like she does not like getting rid of stuff but to cut a long story short i mean honestly i feel like there's there's so much stuff that i don't need that i mainly am just storing and moving around and like Mm -hmm. i see the appeal of living in a van it would be tough for us you know (laughs) three people in a van would be rough but but (laughs) but i see the appeal how do you feel about uh wall warts I'm not a huge fan, especially because we don't have too many outlets in our house. They, they are certainly indicative of something. Uh, the age of the wall wart is uh, for somebody with a different kind of house than we have. But, but, but for us, what, it's a lot of just a, just accumulation of kipple, you know, just well, that, stuff. that's
2: what I mean. Do you keep
0: old wall warts? I have a system. It's not very well, that, interesting, but I do have what a system. That's what I'm interested
2: in hearing about. Oh, I, I mean, have
0: a system. I yeah. want to hear about the wall wart system, because here's my problem. I have... Oh, yeah so many wall warts and let me guess is there a chance you maybe don't know what some of them are for a
2: lot of them i don't know what they're for
0: but like you can't it, like maybe it's one of those like really cheap like you get like a chinese um like it's not branded it doesn't say sony on it like if it says sony i know that goes with our keyboard if it says mm-hmm. Philips, i know it goes with this beard trimmer like that kind of thing where you get these ones that are just like it's 12 12 volts that's all we know well, I don't have a ton of those. What I have so But you, you got know, cables, every, but you got some thirty pin uh, USB cables. Remember oh, when I they made so you change cables, those, John? I got so many cables I can't even believe it. Well that that's well, what was the turning point for me was the, the cable
2: cruft. But but in my world, right, in the rock and roll world, everything's connected to everything else with a cable, at least so one cable, four <laughs> cables. But all of the so here's a question. Let's just go let's just go right to the heart of it. If you buy a distortion box. Mm-hmm. Which, to those of you listening who don't know, is a box that creates distortion. Okay, so it's right there in the title. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes with a wall wart in case you want to sit and play with it all by itself,
0: or you Not have one connect- of those like Charles Bissell boards where you could like plug it in underneath and tidy it away.
2: Yeah, and it's, typically it's you plug-
0: put a nine volt battery in one of those.
2: Well, you put a nine volt or. The thing about the Charles Bissell boards, as we'll call them from here on out, (laughs) pedal boy, (laughs) is that someone along the way, and this happened a long time ago, figured out that you could just put one power supply on that board and then just use little cables to plug all of the distortion boxes into the
0: into the single power supply. You didn't need oh. 10 wall warts. Oh, s- that's interesting. So it's a little bit like a power strip but
2: for pedals. Right. So you have that's clever. this Yeah, it's and it's and it and it made it so much easier to have a bunch of Pedals for your guitar sound because you just plug you have little little cables and you plug them into your single power supply and then when you turn it on, all your cables go on or mm-hmm. all your pedals go on. Yeah. But I still have all the wall warts. Yeah. And they're branded, you know, it's like boss, Ibanez, or Roland, Ibanez, uh, and they're all in a box, but I will never use them again. I know. Well, if you haven't used them by now,
0: you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So but
2: like they're part of the they're part of the the thing, like the thing. And then this is the other part of the thing. So you tell me, Merlin, Mm -hmm. what's your wall wart solution?
0: In some ways, um, a lot of this in the way that I think about an optimal use of the house, of the space, I guess that could be a studio. Um, The example I'm going to use is going to be, it seems like a pivot, but it's not, is the kitchen, Um, which is that, like, it's nice to have lots of stuff. Um, Almost everything comes down to storage, where if you have enough storage space, you can be picky about what goes in the working area. I think one problem that people run into, at least I run into, is, you know what I mean by the working area? Like, you know, I like to have this, we have a kitchen island that I like to have not too much stuff on. It's got like a a big, nice wooden cutting board. It's usually got some fresh flowers. It's got a paper towel dispenser and it's got a little bowl with some produce in it. Mm -hmm. But like, you wouldn't want to store your Vitamixer there because that's the working area. So, yeah you you know, you don't even keep your I don't even keep the knives out. The knives out going to a knife area. well, yeah, and you're not using that Vitamix. This today. is critical. This is the the critical point here is not everything is as important as everything else. And so I mean, here's something i was I was doing yesterday, <laughs> which is like i I, I sometimes uh, give a little speech that nobody likes to hear, which is why I put the pans a certain way. Uh-huh. okay. Uh-huh. so we have limited storage space in the working area. Yeah. And there's some things that are important. First of all, my daughter subsists almost exclusively on pasta. No, I'm right. not proud of this.
2: No, no, no. It's okay. You, you you know, we're all in this boat together.
0: Okay. Now, if you're going to make pasta, you're going to need a couple things, a couple, three things. Well, we're going to need pasta. You're going to need a heat source. You're going to need a big pan to boil water in, and mm-hmm. you're going to need a colander or a sieve or whatever you want to call it. Mm. Now, I should blindfolded, I should be able to walk into the kitchen, open a cabinet door and without even knowing where I'm reaching, well, not seeing where I'm reaching, I should be able to intuitively know that when I grab here, the big pot for boiling pasta will be there. It'll be clean right. and it will be there. You use it all the time, it's I in use the working it, area. For practical purposes, we use it every day. Yeah. Okay. And guess what we use with that? We use the colander. And so equally, equally blindfolded, I should be able to then reach and grab the colander, which goes in the sink while I am boiling the water, which takes almost exactly 15 minutes. Can you tell me how often you say colander versus sieve? I used to say sieve, and now I feel like I should say colander. Do, do, I mean, do you think that this is a... Because... We've got one of those classic, like, old lady... Well, forgive me about it's ageist. We've got one of those classic enamely handles mm-hmm. on it, holes mm-hmm. in it, things, that's fairly mm-hmm. easy to clean, unless you pour your sauce in there like an animal. But, uh, I mean, that's just for whatever it is, plus water. I, call, I think I call it a colander. What do you call it?
2: Well, I... I, when you said sieve just recently, I mean, I'm talking about two minutes ago. Yes. I was like, boing, boom, sieve. Yeah. I haven't used you the don't word hear that sieve word in a, in a long time. Anymore. But we used to say it. That's what it used to be called. It used to be called a sieve. A sieve, and now it's called a colander. And I'm wondering whether that is because you grew up in the Midwest and my mom grew up in the Midwest. Maybe it's a Midwest
0: word? Well, I look at, now. I'm looking for pictures. I'm looking at pictures of sieve, and one that keeps coming up is an item that we have, which is the colander-ish thing that we use when we're draining orzo, because the orzo is very little pasta. Do you have a, a purpose uh, item just for draining orzo? Uh Apparently. That's mostly, I don't think we got it for that reason, but that's what we use it for. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. So so where I'm going with this is that it feels like in America, it's nice to have all the pans. And we have a lot of pans. We're a Calphalon family. We've bought like a, you can get like a set of Calphalon pans. We've been gifted with Calphalon pans by family members. The thing is, though, every Calphalon pan comes with a lid. Now, we're getting into a situation here, and I hope you can see where I, I kind of am going with this. I do, I If you do. have all of the pans and all of the lids. No, you can't do in that. In the just sub working area, uh-uh. you got a mess on your hands. Because oh, first of mess. all, now you're stacking. Stacking is not optimal. You can have a little stacking. It can't have a lot of stacking because now, when you want to take out that one big lid, guess what? Everything falls over onto this nested series of six pans that you can only put in here because they look, in a designy sense, it looks nice to have six nested pans. I'll tell you a secret. I don't like to go more than two deep on stacking pans. I'll go three sometimes. I should be almost as well comes out. (laughs) Absolutely. As easily as I grab the sieve, I should be able to, with a minimum of clatter, grab any of the primary pans without causing an avalanche.
2: Can I can I just ask you a quick question? Sure. I put sieve into uh, the search bar here, and it auto connected me to a website called drivetribe.com. Drive Tribe. Drive Tribe, which is some kind, and then and the the, the, the opening picture on drivetribe.com mm-hmm. is a picture of a race car, and it's called the Audi e-tron Vision GT. And I was like, what the? And so I went back in, and I put Civ back in the
0: Oh, I see what it is. You got namespace pollution. What, what does Civ have to do with this? Maybe somebody named Michael Civ? Uh, or brain like a sieve. I don't know why you got that, John. Namespace pollution? Namespace pollution.
2: Whoa, tell me more about that. But wait, you're you're. tell me more about that after you
0: tell me more about Okay, put about a fork it. in that. Put a fork okay. in namespace pollution. Okay. I'll write that down. Namespace Anyway, okay, so I'm I'm trying to arrive at something philosophical from something very practical, <laughs> and, and and here's the here's the thing with that. Like, if you have all the pans and you have all of the lids, you're not and you have a limited amount of sub-working space. Now, now let's okay, let's go back to first principles, Clarice. You're not going to leave every pan you've got in the working area. No, not even if you had all the space in the world. Who's got a kitchen that can, Nobody, that can contain every, every every pan? You don't. You don't want all those things. You don't need all those things. It does still come back to a space issue, as I'll get to in a second, a storage issue. But here's what I believe. What I believe is that you what should be. I able, what I believe. <laughs> this, I'm going to do an NPR segment on this. There should be a, a way to have these things in your subspace, your sub working area, where you can pretty easily grab any of this stuff. So yesterday, I spent. 15, 20 minutes after doing the dishes, because when you got a kid, you do dishes four times a day. After doing the dishes, I refactored the pots and pans area. And that involved taking the ones we use a lot here. This is the, they call it an omelet pan, but it's really like a classic frying pan. You get like a 12-inch Calphalon, Frying pan, that's in there, right? Mm-hmm. nested the, mm-hmm. just above that is the Calphalon big boy. Like it's not, it's not exactly like a saucepan, but it's got the. It, they make a really nice pan that's somewhere between like a uh, sauté pan and a saucepan, and it's got oh, these big, are, big these sides. These are nice pans. I, these I are really super like nice pans. pans. Yeah. I, I mean, but you have them forever. They're great. And then on top of that, you got like a little boy, like fry pan. Now that's a pretty. That's stuff we use a lot. Those go in the front. But you know what I did? I went in and I looked at any of the pots that are going to get pride of space in the sub-working area. How many do you need? How many do you need and how many lids do you need? Are there lids that can be used for more than one thing? And Uh even though there's another Calphalon pan we have that we got for Christmas that's really nice that we like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, it doesn't earn a space in the sub-working area. Because we don't use it often enough. It's very big you got to act like you're living on a motherfucking boat. And you got to have the lids to accommodate it. So, in that area now... So, what I'm trying to get at, at length, is... This is what you should do with your life. You can't have all the stuff in all the places. There has to be some curation of what goes in the places. And when we get into the electronic stuff, it takes a lot of humility and honesty to say... I'm going to risk potentially not having this in the working or sub-working area. This might even go in the deep storage area or God forbid the throwing it away area because I don't even know what this is for. If I don't know what it's for and I haven't used it in a year... Now, I know this is not necessarily your primary way of thinking and we will in time get to how I organize cables, but that is a huge piece for me. One time, two purges ago, we had a garage sale. I never want to have another garage sale. It's the worst. <laughs> but at one point, I found myself... Detangling cables Mm. for devices that nobody has used since the 90s. But were you doing that in order to sell them? I guess so. Until it occurred to me, what the fuck are you doing? Nobody needs to go to a garage sale to buy a USB-A cable. (laughs) Right? Even even at this point. So you're detangling. You can buy them at the gas station. You can buy them at the gas station. You're forgetting that rule number one is never organize anything that should be thrown away. Oh. That's good. So, and this is that, what de- you just described half my day. Well, there's there's something comforting about organization. I I like to organize things, but as part of this 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 uh, little mini purge we're doing, I I also then refactored the way that I store cable stuff, which is a we little refactor. bit mental. Refactor? I, I do not know that ter- that terminology to refactor. Well, people often use it to apply to computer code for programming, huh. which is when you've got a bunch of stuff that's been kind of maybe planned out, but a little bit cobbled together over time, and it would be beneficial, if time allows, to go in and make everything more efficient, even if it does mostly the same thing. Do people
2: in computers actually do that? Because I
0: feel like all the time I
2: wish they would. Well,
0: it's like I say, it's one of those things where... You know there there may not be that much consumer facing benefit to it, but internally it helps a lot to now have stuff better organized so right. you know you could make really good food with whatever's in your rental unit just based <laughs> on like the pots that are there. But like in your day to day, it benefits you you know you don't keep your toothbrush in the garage, right like it's sensible to put things where they belong and make sure it's organized but you're so, not going to you're not going to throw away a cellophon lid uh no and this is where it becomes a storage issue because then the question becomes if it's not in the working area if it's not in the sub working area where does it go and the thing is everything in our house is already where it is Uh, yes so that means that if i want the calphalon pan with the lid to go somewhere that it's not right now spoiler alert something of commensurate space and cubic inches will have to move to somewhere else. And like Michael Stipe says, when you throw something away, where is a way? It's a storage and space issue, but it is at the heart of it a philosophical issue. It is an yes. issue about what kind of life you would like to lead. Do you want yes. to be the person who has all of the Calphalon calif- 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 uh, pans, but you hate your life because they're constantly tumbling down like an avalanche. Right, or would Godzilla. you like to curate your collection in a way that makes it more knowable and reasonable? So my aunt
2: had one of those things. I think um, they, they got it in France. It's very France-sounding. Seeming. But it seems very France. From the France. It's from France, which is one of those wrought iron uh, like Basically, like a torture rack, a circular torture rack that you would hang a uh, an infidel on, mm-hmm. but it hangs over your kitchen island, yes. and all your pots hang on it. That's a, that's a good look. It's a good look. It's very fancy, it's but so, it's so cool. Thinking about your kitchen, it's not really oriented around a circle. It's Historically, more like, my well,
0: wife is not into things hanging from the ceiling. This came up huh? yesterday in the discussion of the stuffed animal collection, which needs to be curated. The stuffed animal collection is problematic and I said hey and mom said you know we we need to get these organized and my daughter said yeah we should get these organized and I said hey yeah. you know what some people do is they get a net that hangs from the ceiling oh. Gong, oh. I got a look like you've never ring. seen from like you like. there's a look you get with your partner where like you just said a thing that you know you weren't supposed to say <laughs> in front of the child because the child embraces the idea and now it's just but in <laughs> anything that introduces things hanging from the ceiling is not an easy cell in my house. At one point, I wanted to get a surround sound stereo system for our media room that would allow us to have the ultimate surround sound, but it would involve having speakers hanging from the ceiling. And this got kiboshed. Oh, brother, did it get kiboshed? The the, the idea of things hanging from the ceiling, whether it's pans or speakers or stuffed bears, does not have a long half-life in my house. She hates these pans! (laughs) I can't get rid of these lids! (laughs) This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you by Mac Weldon. You can learn more about Mac Weldon right now by visiting MackWeldon.com. Oh, this is such an easy one for me because I'm a huge fan of Mac Weldon's clothes. I buy an unconscionable amount of their stuff using my very own money. You see, our friends at Mac Weldon, they make stuff like shirts, pants, hoodies, socks, and yes, they're internationally famous underwear. These pieces are all just insanely comfortable. They're sturdy, they're well-made, they fit great, they look handsome. They feel just amazing. But today I want to tell you about, you know what I'm going to talk about, my favorite, the Mack Weldon shirts. Personally, that is my favorite stuff that they make. First off, they make something called the Pima Cotton Long Sleeve T-Shirt. I am not entirely comfortable admitting how many of these I own. I will tell you, they are literally my daily go-to top layer. Unless the occasion demands it, you will find me wearing one of these shirts every day. I am wearing one right now. You can see right here. See it? That's it right there. They are the best. I love these things. I have so many. I have them in blue. I have them in green. I have them in another blue. I have them in in a dark color. I love them. I love them. I love them. This is my shirt. Also, I know this sounds like a weird one. I love their plain white t-shirts because they are, you guys, they are so much better than your standard plain white t-shirt. They are hardy and well-tailored. They have a very long tail. Keeps your shirt tucked in like a big boy. I switched to these uh, a year or so ago. Never looked back. Got rid of all the old ones with the yellow pit stains. Gone. Out of here. I am 100% a Mack Weldon boy. And then, of course, there's their magical underwear. Mack Weldon has a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. And they want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair, guess what? You can keep it. They'll still refund you. How about that? No questions asked. Mac Weldon, you guys, you got to get on this. So listen, you go over to you go to MacWeldon.com. You look around. You look at the shirts. You look at the underwear. You look at their cool hoodies. You pick something up. When you found something you like and you're ready to check out, use our very special promo code R O T L, just like it sounds, R-O-T-L, and that'll get you 20% off your order. Thank you to this wonderful sponsor. I genuinely love this company. Our thanks to Mac Weldon for supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows. <laughs> so, so did I ever tell you about
2: my uh, childhood train set?
0: <laughs> I don't think you have.
2: I Oh so, oh, so we
0: got wait, what we got a fork in? We've got a fork in namespace pollution. Namespace pollution. Fork number two. Uh, fork number two is one gallon Ziploc bags. Please continue. Okay. Uh a uh, childhood train set. My dad uh, worked for the railroad,
2: and when he got a job at the Alaska Railroad, he was living in Alaska, and we were still living in Seattle. Okay. And so he bought me a train set, uh, an, an HO scale train set, the the uh, the 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 baseline train set. And you know, we lived in a three bedroom rambler. And this was an example of one of those things where my dad did a thing, and then he was like, see ya! Mm -hmm. Like, he bought a train set, and then he said, I'm going back to Alaska, good luck with that. And so we set up the train set on a piece of plywood, but now you have a train set on a piece of, on a sheet of plywood. Where is it supposed to go? Hmm. You can't have it in the living room. Oh, that's a big footprint. If you put it in the garage, you can't put the car in the garage, Where do you go with this thing? And I really liked the train set. It was fun. And unfortunately, I didn't have a I didn't have like a father in the house who was handy. And in fact, when I went to live with my dad, I realized I didn't have a father in that house who was handy. He was a fine father, but not handy. And so I never had a train set that had like mountains and towns and stuff. It was always just a piece of plywood that I spray painted green Mm -hmm. to look like grass. You're grass now. But your grass. (laughs) But, you know, I like nailed the track to it and I had little houses and stuff. Sure. But at some point, and I don't know who exactly designed this system. I think it was maybe my mom's boyfriend, Bobby. But he put four pulleys on the roof of my bedroom. (gasps) Oh my God, that's so cool. Connected it on four corners to a rope and you could pull it up and it would go up and be against the ceiling. And then you could let it down and then the train set would be there in the room. Mm. That's mm-hmm. so cool. It was very cool. It was the coolest thing that anybody had. Did you now real, real quick was your mom cool with Bobby doing that? She was I see this is the thing. Now looking back, I cannot believe she agreed to this. Yeah. Uh it just I and I think it must have You're probably not zoned for that. No, and I think it probably was like a like a horsefly in her ear the entire time it was there just because it does not work uh-uh. with any of her other systems. But, but except for one, which is like, it sounds pretty efficient. It sounds good, right? Like, Oh, we'll just put <laughs> it up on the like so much organization. It sounds yeah. like a really good idea. That sounds like a solution to this problem, but, but it was, you know, and, and the thing is like, it was heavy enough that it was very, and, and you know, and it had to
0: be pretty closely calibrated to work properly. If it's not four separate lines, if there's one line <coughs> and it's like kind of tenting up that I don't that's got to be a very if that works in a way that's safe, that would that's quite an operation. The thing is, Bobby
2: was uh, Bobby was one of these guys who uh, Bobby had never graduated from high school, but he owned his own company that made. Intake manifolds or something, hmm. you know, it was like he his company was in one of those low one story garage buildings in the industrial part of town. And when you open the door, there were six guys in there that all looked like one of the fabulous furry freak brothers. Mm-hmm. And they were all making intake manifolds and selling them to people that had hot rod boats or something. I mean, I was just a kid. I was taking yeah. it all in, but it was a lot to understand. And so Bobby was good at making things. Bobby was one of these, you know, he was he just would solve a problem he's like oh well, all you have to do here is just take the mini bike engine take it out and put it on top of this windmill and then you know you got fresh water mm-hmm. It's like oh mini bike engine he sees the world differently he did and he sees he the world the, and says why not i'm pretty sure he put the train on the roof of the or on the ceiling of the bedroom but uh but it didn't stay there forever and i think what it was was i moved to alaska and my mom said and take the train set
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And at my dad's house, we had three bedrooms and one of them just became the train room.
0: Yeah. We, we had some we had some acquaintances who had a guinea pig room. I just thought that was pretty ambitious for San Francisco. Really? A room just for guinea pig? Just for pigs. the guinea pig. It was really gross. <laughs> Imagine a whole room for a guinea pig. Yes, exactly that. Yeah. There's all kinds of like cabbage and cedar shit on the floor and this this creature oh, no. just ambling around. Oh, no, they let it just roam? Yeah, I might have had a pen, like oh, a nominal dear. pen. Oh, but dear. no, a guinea pig is old. Anyway, train track. So so that got moved all the way to a three-bedroom house in Alaska. Well, the, the,
2: I mean, I, the, the plywood didn't, but everything got put into several boxes in my mom's way, and then it was transferred to alaska and you know my dad had the ability at that time i don't know how you know he was not able to buy a single stereo that worked but somehow he had someone custom make an ho set of rolling stock all in the alaska railroad livery and it's like
0: how did you do that how did you? That's not a thing that's for sale in stores. Somebody, somebody's going to put together all this, all the stories of your father just slightly Shit. abusing his position.
2: Yeah, it's like, why can't you just buy a stereo, like a working stereo, like a good one, like a Nakamichi stereo, like but then my he also friend's do dad stuff like, has.
0: like 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 say that you got to ride on the front of the train and he'll be taking this train car today and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. just sort of like, oh. You know, we He was the Scott Pruitt of Alaska Trains. We'd walk into the mayor's office.
2: He's like, "Hey,
1: <laughs> there he <laughs> <is.">
2: <laughs> and, and I'm like, "What are we doing here? If we can do this, we should be able to get a tape player that works." <laughs> for complex reasons, they can't uh, throw me out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so anyway, then then I had a, you know I had a train set all the way until it became socially awkward for me. To, oh, actually, my sister moved up with us.
0: And oh, so you lost your train room?
2: Well, she moved into the the actual functioning bedroom, and I put a mattress under the train set. And I lived like that for a couple of years.
0: <laughs> like Christopherson in Fantastic Mr. Fox, you slept you slept under a train set. I slept under the train set.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> was, you know, and that was ha-
2: I was happy under there. It was like sure. a little nest, you yeah. know? Uh, but then I think what happened was Uh, there was that late in sixth grade moment where everyone else was starting to mature. Like the little boys were getting mustaches and the little girls were getting boobies. And I was not any of those things. I was getting neither one of those things. And someone came over, I think and was like, dude, you're living under a train set. Like I'm listening to Led Zeppelin. Uh And I was like, uh, and then my dad moved and I think the train set went into boxes and Mm. And I never recaptured my childhood. Mm. But anyway, let's go back to the one-gallon oh, plastic okay, sure. uh, Ziploc bags. Oh, did you want to do namespace pollution? Oh, okay,
0: yeah. Tell me about namespace pollution. Um, I'm not going to Google this, but uh, my understanding of namespace pollution is when, um, like, for example, like, I've never been in a public place where someone, I'm going to mention my name on air here, I've yep. never been in a public place where somebody yelled out, Hey, Merlin, man, and it wasn't directed at me. Have you ever been in a place where someone said, Hey, Merlin, hey, Merlin Johnson? I've and- gotten Merle a few times. Oh, sure, Merle. But, that's but this more- is something I've only really, really turned over in my mind fairly recently. I'm aware of the phenomenon of being named John or being named Jason. And if you're at the mall, there's like a pretty good chance you're going to hear somebody say the name you think of as you. Oh, let me let me let me throw this back at you. Yeah. What about daddy? Oh, constantly. <laughs> daddy! Even if it's an even if it's a toddler I turn. And you're like, "What? What? Where am I needed?" What, what are who's dying? Daddy! Who's who's abducted? Who's abducted? <laughs> no. Oh, no, no, no. That's that's very real. I yeah, I'll even turn to a mommy. Ooh. Uh so for me, like Merlin Mann equals equals me. That's who sure. I am. Like that's uh, that name is me and I am that name. It's it a very, cool, it's an unusual combination. So I'm aware of being a John or a Jason, but you must be kind of used to that at this point. I mean, maybe not you, but a lot of people who are named John don't always assume that when the name is said, it means them. Well, you know, it's funny because over the years,
2: there is a particular spin, a particular tone on my name, if someone says John in a crowded room or in a mall, and they mean me, it, you, you can hear it. You hear oh, the sound. you hear something in their voice. You hear the sound of of it meaning me. And if someone's just like, John, or, you know, like, John, or some, you know, there's like a lot of ways that people say John. I don't know why I just did two different voices saying it the same way. Mm-hmm. John! John Mm -hmm. it doesn't always have to be that two-tone but it might be (coughs) But it's
0: kind of a a two-syllable situation
2: yeah or you know like just John like that doesn't sound like me that's not what you would do to to call me Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. would you call me in a a particular way so I can hear the word John I'll generally kind of give it a side eye in case it's somebody that doesn't know me but it's yelling at me they're not pronouncing it in the canonical way Right, but anybody that knows me that's a friend of mine, like if you saw me from across the thing and you were yelling at me, you would say it this way because I am a John, but it is that I am I am I am a John, like a not not one of the Johns, but mm-hmm. this. But Merlin. Yes. Come on. Like now, <laughs> I should say on behalf of everyone who's thinking it, Merlin man is the greatest name
0: in all. Thank you, thank you very much. The yeah. third. Um now, if it happened that you were in some sort of encounter group where everybody happened to be named John, John is no longer uh, a useful way to hail people right right so that's my real dumbed down version of namespace pollution i th- i'm not a I'm not a programmer, but in programming, I think it's when there are things that are not uniquely named and could mean the same thing <laughs> could mean different things when called upon. In, in a the similar way, so when you call this John function, if there's something else with the John function, like could that be confusing? And I, I just mean namespace pollution in the sense that, like, you know, it's why people have to do things like become, you know, Chunky Lover fourteen ninety two or whatever. Oh yeah, Chunky
2: Lover fourteen ninety two. I
0: know, I know them well. Uh,
2: this happened the other day, and maybe you can explain it. It has it's something to do with computers, mm-hmm. but um, someone uh, was texting someone else. And they were like, oh, something, something, John Roderick, something, something in their text. And then they screenshotted it and sent it to my sister because my name it, within their text stream was a hyperlink. Oh, right. It just auto
0: hyperlinked. On iOS, probably?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then if they click the hyperlink, then it just takes you to like, I don't know what, some some uh, page that's like, oh, Look. He's got uh, these uh, the record record albums or something.
0: Let me try and uh, try and replicate that. My understanding: this is very weird. Uh, Messages on iOS is is a hell of a thing. Uh, One thing is that if you type something that's the name of a movie, a TV show, a thing that it Mm -hmm. might know something about, uh, it will sometimes hyperlink it. And I have no idea how it figures out. Are you hyper? You're a hyperlink. Look at you. Look at you. It takes me to a spotlight search of John Roderick on my phone. What if I say the Godfather? Huh, it also links to you. No. Um, (laughs) 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 uh, Godfather is not underlined. I don't know how it decides and sometimes it's very confusing. And I would actually say it is an instance of namespace pollution in uh, my mind because like what it shows as the canonical like this is something we should search for and I think there is an answer to is feels very random to me. yeah you know what Maybe, yeah. you know what here's here's an idea Apple Maybe spend less time on hyperlinking my text messages and just have them come in in the right order on all the devices. Hello mm, just like, just tossing that out uh-huh. file uh-huh. a bug. <laughs> file a bug file
2: a bug oh i Uh, just got a text from you that says the godfather yeah john roderick and then the godfather Well, wait a minute but in the text that you sent to me john roderick is a hyperlink
0: and the godfather is not ditto here
2: so what happened what happened
0: there i don't know now if i click it here on the on the macintosh computer oh oh there's a little pop-up oh ho. I should screenshot ring, this ring. for you. Ring ring. Okay, so I, so on iOS, when I click on the John Roderick link, and you can all try this at home uh, by typing John Roderick and texting it to someone, and see what it comes up for you. It does a Spotlight search on my phone for uh, when I do it on my phone. When I do it on my Macintosh computer, and I click on John Roderick, I get, <laughs> I get information about the album One Christmas at a Time. Okay, so this is. <sighs> This is infuriating to me,
2: uh, uh, for obvious reasons. I think that's not your um, album. I mean, your, that's half your album. Uh, it does that. It does that on mine too. Here, one Christmas at a time,
0: and also and, the Apple so defaults to Apple Music. The other tab is your Wikipedia entry, which is kind of cool. Um, but so so Google <clears throat> Google sent me a thing,
2: hmm. um, and they may have sent you this thing that said, "Oh, you are a person who's on the internet." And if you want to go in and, like, edit your uh, existence. They let you edit your existence? Well, they said, you know, here's this thing. Uh, is there, is where, it is there like an application process? Well, no. You Well, you had to, like, write back and say, I'm this person. You have and to claim like, yourself. Yeah. They're like, are you really? And you're like, yes. And they said, yes, you are. Um, and you know, because they connected it to the other things that they already know about me. Sure. And so they're like, do you want to edit your thing? And so I went in and I was like, I don't know if I want to edit it. Let me see. And I looked around and, and then it said, uh, then I went down and under the, If you Google me and you you scroll down on that sidebar thing, it's got all the stuff. It's got the Wikipedia. It's got the top song is Commander Thinks Aloud and, you know, like all the things that you would expect available on YouTube and Spotify, blah, 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 blah. And then it gets down to albums. And the first album it lists is One Christmas at a Time, Mm. my Christmas album with Jonathan Colton Mm. that no one bought or oh, wanted at the time we I hang mean, you your know, we company. hang
0: your ornament on the tree every year my daughter oh, loves it oh
2: thank you uh and then the second one is putting the days to bed and there are no further ones right now <laughs> whose fault is that well no but i mean i have other albums
1: hey hey no fair There's the other ones
2: too Let's see what happens if you put John Darnielle Oh, boy. In. Here we Let's go. See what happens we should get back to the Ziploc bags. Let's get back to the Ziploc right. bags. Hang on. We're going to go down here. John Darnielle has three books. Mm-hmm. Uh, people also searched for Peter Hughes and John Worcester. Yep, yep, Berger. yep. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, oh, and and e- Brock, he,
0: Khaki King, and
2: Franklin a, Bruno.
0: What's his connection to Khaki King? Uh, I remember him heavily advocating for her at one point. Franklin uh-huh. Bruno uh-huh. is in Nothing Painted Blue with Peter, mm-hmm. a very underrated band. I don't know exactly what the Khaki King uh Khaki connection King is. Is, good, is. I remember him liking people. her and talking about her a lot. Maybe they maybe they collaborated. Uh,
2: did let's, collabo? Let's find, oh, let's I bet they did. Um let's put in John Vanderslice. That let, that'll that'll be more interesting. Uh, John Darnielle does not have any albums
0: uh listed hmm. there at the bottom. Do you think it uh, becomes a version of career advice, John? What do you mean? Well, google's kind of letting you know like well here's what we
2: think of you maybe. well maybe but but so here uh, john vanderslice has what i was trying to discover is does it only list two albums or does it list more and there are five albums listed under john vanderslice
0: dagger beach i don't know these albums emerald okay. city romanian names cellar door is oh, a good album it is
2: it is um so so there's no reason why they would only have two albums and why... <gasps> he got a new haircut Bandersley? Did he cut his hair? He always does. That's how he stays young looking. But look at that! He did like a he
0: did like an honest haircut. Look at him. Is Good it a
2: for mobile? him. No. Oh, oh! You're talking about oh he kind of shaved his head he, a little he, bit. We, we went, he went he went legit. He went street legal. That is a little, Well, you know, he's a business owner now. He doesn't have the history come over up. anymore.
0: So, Love so that guy. Look Love at that guy. I follow him on Tumblr. He's recording an album right now like his 11th album or something. I saw that
2: he's actually making an album with a good friend of mine uh, up here uh, with a band. It's called Cataldo and they're Cataldo. flying down there and his new his Vanderslice's new way of doing things is he says, I don't want to hear your demos. You come in and we make the song. We cut the track live Whoa. and you don't get to overdub and you don't even get to listen to your, to your takes. No headphones. Or some kind of crazy thing. He's just like, we're doing it. We're doing it not even the old fashioned way. way. We're doing it it some fucking crazy way. Uh And part of the part of agreeing to make a record with me is that you agree to just not bitch. And I'm going to (gasps) tell you, he's got terms and conditions. Yeah, and it's just like, whoa, shit. Mm, All right, well, but anyway, Vanderslice has got five records listed, and then there's a little thing up there: view five plus more.
0: Mm -hmm. and if you click on that i get that i get that i get three songs oh look at this all
2: of the records so anyway if you go back to mine it just has those two records so google is saying do you want do you want to help and so i wrote them i wrote them a little email i i sent them a bug report and i (laughs) I appear under your people also search for yeah, well, oh yes, you do. There you are. There you are. Hello. Sean Nelson is Hello. there. John Hodgman, Shelby, Shelby Earl. Earl. Mm-hmm. Who else? Ten more. It says, MC Frontalot. Okay, this is this that this is enough. This is already getting Kathleen too weird. Edwards. Oh, Kathleen Edwards. I like her. Jesse Quinn and Tim Rice Oxley. That's nice. Uh, so, <coughs> so I sent them this thing, and uh, and I'm like, I have four albums, uh, and uh, and. Christmas, one Christmas at a time is like, a. it's definitely an album I made, mm-hmm. but like, it isn't what you think of when you think of the first thing that I, you know, it's not like my peak ach- achievement. Yeah. You could put the worst you can do is harm in there or because you could it's put the first one, right? Or you could put, you know, like when I pretend uh, to fall, when cause I it might be the best known. Yeah. Is
1: uh, it the best and, known?
2: Oh, the, you know, there are a lot of arguments where people say my favorite is putting the days to bed, but no one agrees with me. And then like 25 people come out of the woodwork and they're like, that's my favorite too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, that one actually sold the most. So it's not that crazy hmm. that it would be your favorite. I like, I would not but, pretend it falls my favorite. Yeah. Well, and I think that's true for a lot of people. Too. It's a very good record. It's got a lot of songs on it. Well, it's
0: well sequenced. Very well sequenced.
2: <clears throat> Thank you. We put up, spent a lot of time sequencing, mm-hmm.
0: but so anyway, I listened to I, s- most of them all the way through yeah well you know like 10 seconds at a time (laughs) 10 seconds at a time (laughs) click (laughs) Uh, please continue (laughs) so
2: i waited about a week and then google wrote me back and said uh we determined that uh that's that we don't need to that's not necessary (laughs) we're good says google (laughs) and i was like you asked you You fuckers You wrote me and asked if there was anything I had to contribute That's to your galling. thing. That's galling. And what the fuck? Why? That seems reasonable. I'm not asking you to, like, take some, some like, bad post down where somebody said something bad about me. I'm just saying put all my records up where you have room, dedicated room, to put them up. Yeah. Five plus and they more. And like, they were like, meh. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. So I don't know what to do then. What's your appeals process? Write them back and say the same? Like, hey, I, I'm asking again. Uh, uh, do this.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. You tell me. You're well, the, you're the <clears throat> the I mean, my, my guess at that, like so many things in life, somebody pretended to pay attention to you automatically and then didn't have the uh, interest in actually paying attention to you manually. Manual attention is costly. We determined no changes to John Roderick were needed based on your
2: feedback. Beep boop. If, you, if you believe this was an error, check out these guidelines. Check out our FAQs. <laughs> <laughs> and submit feedback, again, with more detail. So maybe that's what I needed to do.
0: More detail. Sure, just keep sending it. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you can't bore our robots. I was like, wow. Yeah. Okay, thanks, thanks, buddy.
2: Yeah, up your butt with a rotten coconut. Mm. Twice as far as a Hershey bar. I almost said that to my kid the other day and I was like, don't take oh, no, up your no, bed. no, no. No, no, That was what we used to say back in the 70s. Oh, it's a different when, time. When nobody was watching us and nobody was monitoring
0: us. Yeah, it's probably ableist or kink shaming or something. You wouldn't put a rotten coconut right. anywhere except in the garbage. No, well, like they say, the coconut uh, rots from the head down. Yeah. Okay, so you were about to say about the, about the gallon plastic So So here's the thing. So I used to live in a world, I used to live in a world where I would just buy more plastic things into which I would put other things, Mm -hmm. and it's no way to live. So what I do is, here's my cabling hack, here's what I've got. So first of all, you don't need most of the cables. Like yeah. you get so many, oh God, I always confuse these. I've labeled these correctly on the bags, but USB micro versus USB mini. Like you've you've got so many. I think it's the is micro, micro is the one that looks like a like a um, parallelogram kind of. You, you lost me a long time ago. Oh, is that the one? What's the one where you connect your computer
2: to the TV so you can play videos? HDMI. Well, but it's it's a it's like a it's not a parallelogram. It's a it's a rhombus.
1: Is it's it like, like a wide boy.
2: Uh, what's a what is that like uh, that sounds like a firework here's what i do boys.
0: i have i have a banker's box inside the banker's box are several probably eight or nine one gallon ziploc bags each of which has a label on it and yeah. the labels go like this usb a usb c usb micro usb mini ethernet right okay and uh, if I've got extra of a certain kind of cable, or you know what have you, it goes into the it goes into that bag. What's a banker's box? Uh, by your, oh oh you're like when you get like fired a- and you put all your stuff in a box. Uh huh. It's one of those cardboard boxes. You can get them on Amazon. They're great. I- I see, I see, I see. You get My that, wife has uh, had U-line. enough of the banker's boxes. We are now taking things out of the banker's boxes because <laughs> there are two mini banker's boxes. I am a big fan of the banker's box. I told you when I worked at Piper Jaffrey the Yes, uh, yes, you worked out, the, that... the highest floor of the house was just uh, the building was just old records. Banker's boxes. Banker's boxes to the, boxes. End of the earth. <laughs> so I have three primary banker's boxes. This is not the most efficient. The least efficient of them is this is dead items that I probably should throw out. But I'm not gonna do it yet. Uh-huh. Above that is a banker's box full of things that are more or less current things that I'm not just using right this second. That could be things like USB key- or uh, Bluetooth keyboards that I'm not using. It could be an iPad cover that I'm not using, but it's stuff that will have a usefulness afterward. And then on top of that is the Box O cables. And so here's, now here's the hack. The hack is, you say to yourself, uh, 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 a banker's box with uh, a dozen uh, Ziploc bags in it. That's not enough for all my cables. Well, then you have too many cables. Oh, yeah. See what I'm saying? It becomes a storage issue. So, I mean, the thing is, I don't keep every single USB micro that arrives with every single item that I have. I keep the amount that I need. But, if you make yourself take all of the things, put them in one place, and then curate down to what you really need, one of the least examples of this that you can have is doing this with electronic connectivity things that's all i'm saying but
2: but 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 but, but. let's say you Unless. have let's say you have too many USB-C cables to fit into a, a single plastic bag right and you're going down and obviously the ones that are like made out of Custom gold cabling or something that you, yeah. that are really nice. You can be put that one in there first before the ones that are already frayed. Look, look for the get, ones
0: that have something that looks like a Crayola mark on one of the contact areas because that's going to die at some point. You can probably get rid of that one. Uh, but what do you do when you get
2: to the point where you say, "All right, I've got, uh, I've got a bag full," but I but but now I have these other ones that seem
0: right. like It seems wasteful to get rid of them. Well, let me ask you this. You have a go, you have a small backpack, correct? Uh, Yes. Okay. The the small Okay. Okay. All right. Enough said Mm -hmm. the, your go bag for travel. Do you, could you know to a certainty that you have everything you need to charge your stuff? Give a separate version of that just for travel. I do
2: not have any kind of thing where if I'm out in the desert, I can like pull a thing out where
0: I turn a handle for an
2: afternoon in order to get oh, no, like, no no 2% no 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 no. No, I
0: just meant like if you've got extra cables, one good use of that is I. had This is very privileged, but I have a bag, a little North Face little portable bag that has an Anchor USB C hub that will power three devices. You plug it in, Ooh. plus a USB C, so like three you know, regular USBs plus. So I've got that. I've got several um, USB-C cables, and I've got one of those Hulkin boy, like, little um, uh, uh, power guys, that'll little, little power like an iPad. Oh, I see, yes. You know yes. what I mean? One of those, I keep one of those in there. I keep one for my for charging my Fitbit, and that all fits in one bag. Whatever Your mileage may vary, but it's really nice to know that you could walk out the door and charge anything you might need to charge, and that's all in that bag all the time. That's a good use for extra cables. And the, you're saying your bag does the charging? Well, no, 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 no. I haven't. I have what's? I have what, an anchor USB C hub, and so you plug. It's powered. You plug that thing into your hotel outlet. Now uh-huh. you got three USB uh, C compatible, but traditional looking USB. Plus a USB C little little guy. So yeah. you can power all your stuff just fine off of that. And there's a, that. That's those extra cables. I also have a way that I like to bind the cables together. That's very efficient.
2: Well, this reminds me. Uh, this reminds me of a life hack that I learned from Storm De Costanza oh. of the Paul and Storm uh, musical organization. Mm-hmm. Storm says he travels with a, uh, a a good power strip, so that when he arrives at an airport and there's only one outlet, <gasps> oh. he plugs in the power strip and then he he motions to everyone, "Come." Partake of the of the power. I have, I have quintupled. He's doing a the, loaves
0: and fishes type situation.
2: Yes, and then everyone gets to plug their phone in, and then storm is the storm has be has become a, the Lord, and that feels to me like a like super duper life hack. Mm-hmm. When are you ever going to be in a situation? I mean, there are going to be plenty of situations where you get home. From a trip, and you're like, I never use that power strip. Yep. But when are you ever going to be in a situation where you think, boy,
0: I wish I didn't have that power strip? That's pretty good. If <laughs> You got the space. There, there's actually pretty small ones that you can get that will have at least three or four in it that's real nice. You're talking about like a, like a pretty big boy. Well, you know, enough that you can help five people. That's a, that's a friend. That's a good friend. Yeah. 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 But it, it all comes down to storage, right? It comes down to like what you keep in your working and sub-working areas and then it's adopting a philosophical approach that supports that I think it starts it can start you you can choose to do it the other way around I think it starts with a certain kind of practicality and then on a go-forward basis you're going to apply a philosophy to it and so you know part of the problem is like you're walking around the house like you find a cable like where does the cable go and then you refactor every month or so, every month or three, depending on how tightly wound you are, you can go back through all those things and say, do I really need all this stuff? Should that go to a sub-sub working area or should that go into the trash maybe? Well, I know this would never fly at your house, but
2: I just took down my Christmas tree. That's fine. It's a, it's a multi-season tree. It's a multi-season tree. A lot of people texted me or, or tweeted at me to say that it was an Easter tree, and I, and I felt like that was fine. Mm-hmm. Um. At some point, I think someone, either my mom or my daughter's mother or maybe my daughter, mm-hmm. came through. I don't remember this happening. It just was true one day. But they came through and they took all the good ornaments off and, and, and spirited them away. Wow, that's a little passive-aggressive. <clears throat> well, no, it, fe- it felt good to me because mm-hmm. when, I finally, when it was finally time to take the tree down, I did not have to think about the good ornaments. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, good. I, I, you know, I like was thinking to myself, where am I going to get all the tissue paper I need? And Oh, they did. No. that was a mitzvah. Somebody did something it, nice for you. It was a mitzvah. And, mm-hmm. and I can only presume that when Christmas comes around again, those things will rematerialize again without me <laughs> having to think about it. But so now
0: I have... You get your little personal a... elf on a shelf that does things yeah, with your ornaments. That's right. You have to the assume elf. they'll just be there. I mean, they cared enough to take them off the tree. They probably put them somewhere safe. That's right. And this
2: year, my daughter said, wait a minute, every year that we that I've been alive and she's she doesn't know about the first three years she was alive, but she's speculating. She said, every year I've been alive, we have gotten a Christmas ornament uh, to celebrate some trip we've taken or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, actually, you're right. Well, we went there. We went there and we got, you know, and I'm not the one buying Christmas ornaments. That's not the type of thing I do. But I think I'm kind of surprised. Well, you seem like you're ornaments. a commemorative ornament kind of guy. There are a lot of ornaments from my childhood that I would uh, that I would fight an elephant if that elephant tried to take him away. Elephants um, shouldn't do that.
0: Well, and typically they don't. But yeah, I'm but just you saying... Rogue, you ever heard of a rogue elephant? It happens. Rogue,
2: that's exactly what a rogue elephant <laughs> might do. <laughs> uh, that's not what an He, he like. hates Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> he can't get rid of these ornaments. <laughs> no. um, so, then... She independently decided, and I I found this worrisome because it was very much like out of my playbook, but she was like, from now on, we're getting a Christmas ornament every year to celebrate, Hmm. uh, and we'll mark the passage of time with Christmas ornaments. And I was like, all right. But so we have those, we're, we are establishing Christmas ornaments that are within my daughter's life, but I don't, but. Oh, so I took the tree down, and now I have a tree, and I have it in a bin. The bin isn't quite big enough for the tree. Whoa, 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 whoa. This was a living tree? No, 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 no. Okay, it's a, okay, okay, I was at a thrift store, and I saw this little tree that was like a Charlie Brown tree, except it was made out of aluminum, mm-hmm. and I said, that's perfect for me. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I don't want to come home to my house being a smoking ruin because there was a short, <laughs> and it burned my oh, crispy tree. I don't, old I don't tree. Need to think about that. So I was like, no, an aluminum tree, that's exactly what a dad has in his house. And then if the mom wants to have a beautiful, beautiful tree that we go cut down in the forest, then the mom can have that in the mom's house if you are lucky enough to have two houses, which we are. Or some people might call it unlucky Eh. because it's a because anyway, you know, child of divorce ends up. Not every situation has one valence. Um, So, but now I'm moving it down to the basement. And I got down into the basement, and I realized, you know what? You know what, Merlin? What? I have been threatening to put
0: things on eBay for how long? When did I first threaten to do that? Oh, I I wouldn't want to speculate, but I feel pretty conservative saying at least five years. We started this program in 2011, and I I feel like it's... (sighs) I'd be surprised if it weren't three years. Captain Marm Captain Marm, could probably tell us, but I'm yep. guessing it's been at least three to five years. So I have never done it. i have taken it very seriously. You've, you've yep, thought through yep. a lot of what you would do. You realize yep. you're very aware of all the impediments to doing it today. Yep, yep. yep, you, went, yep. you got a name. You got a Morgan Rides Free. Morgan rides free on eBay. Yeah, I've never sold a single thing. No. and now
2: there's a voice in my head that's like, "Well, don't sell a bunch of winter coats in April. Nobody's gonna buy a winter coat in April." Yeah. but I'm like, shush, shush, shush. Heaven. Leave it. Leave it. Shush. And so I'm down in the basement. I'm trying to fit this aluminum <laughs> Christmas tree. I've had it with tree. you,
0: little voice. I've had I've it with you. Had it with you. Shut your whore mouth, little voice. God damn it. God damn it! Fucking just, can I just of have horrors? can I have one day, little voice? Can I just have one day?
2: <laughs> I'm gonna put a bunch of winter clothes online in April. But, God but, damn but, everything! But 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 no! But, shut up! Push.
0: What about the, the RV? <laughs> <laughs> How's your album?
2: Oh, I thought about the RV this morning. Oh, I woke up. In the, I looked in out the Manoa window folder. and I was like, "Oh, the fucking RV!" <laughs> um, <laughs> I gotta get that done. I'll, I'll put the RV in the swimming pool. That'll solve, solve everything. Oh, that's so, good. Two birds, one stone. So I went. Here's the thing. Hmm. I went to the post office. Hmm. And I got there. And it was one of these modern post offices where there's no humans. Oh. Hmm. I opened the door. I went Space in. Space post office. And I was like, where are the, where are the people? Hmm. And other people were coming and going while I was in there. And they would walk up to a robot. Uh, and they would punch in numbers. And the robot would go. Bzz, 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 and then they'd put a package in a door. And then they'd so leave. like a reverse
0: I, automat for mail? Yeah.
2: And I was too shy because the thing about people like me who go to the library and the post office, but only in the company of an adult. Mm -hmm. So like I go to the library and I'm like, I want this book. And then an adult checks it out for me. Okay. Or I go to the post office and I'm like, I need to mail a letter. And they're like, here you go. Like the adult takes care of it, so I'm in this post office by myself, and there's no person to ask questions of. And I didn't want to walk up to a stranger who's also in an empty post office and be like,
0: "Excuse me, could you explain to me how to mail a letter?" Uh, because it just seemed like what? Who knows? They might be having a bad day too. They went, as uh, Jeanine Garofalo says, they want somebody to start their orange too. You know what I'm saying? Well, sure. Or it's just like walking up to somebody on the street and saying, "What year is it?" <laughs> it's just
2: like it's just <laughs> what like are some pants. Time. Some time traveler shit where somebody's like, "Well, did you just How
0: come here?" How do I get for- money? <laughs> exactly.
2: But what is the you know hold out a hold out your hand with a bunch of coins in it? Like, what is this? Is this work?
0: enough for what? But, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but you're
2: not you're not speaking in an accent or anything. You're just like, "Hi, right? Can you explain what this money is?" What do I do with this? So then I become this guy who's been in the post office for 45 minutes. Oh, no. And other people have come and gone, and I'm like reading the signs on the walls and like, you know, like 242 days without an accident. And Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm going through all the brochures that are like, have you ever considered using the mail? Mm. And eventually I realized, because I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to do an eBay store,
0: I better make a relationship with this post office. I see. And I realized they have boxes. This a Daniel Plainview type situation. Like, you're just going out and you're making some furtive gestures with the people you know you're going to want to work with.
2: Yeah, I, I, I thought I was going to come and be like my dad and say, hey, post office guy, get to know me. <laughs> Pretty soon I'll be coming back through the, through the buzz-in door uh, and we'll be, like, having a cigarette or something. <laughs> I assume that's happening. Get ready for a relationship. <laughs> but there's nobody there. and so. But I realized, oh, they'll just you can just take boxes. Hmm. And just walk out with them. Oh, because, like, like uh, priority mail type boxes. Yeah, because the boxes don't have any value in and of themselves. Right. Then you bring them back. They're preloaded. And then you say to, I guess, the robot, yeah. you're like, I'm going to mail this box. And you put it on a thing. And the robot goes, beep, beep, boop. beep, And then it, then it goes away. And it all happens. I don't know. happens at Apple Pay or something. I haven't hmm. figured it out. Okay. But I got, so I actually got boxes. I brought them home. And now I have the I, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the things, I'm going to take their picture. This may be self-explanatory to everybody else, but I... No, no, like no, 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 no. Keep take going. Take the picture mm-hmm. of the thing. I guess measure it, although, you know, whatever. Take, it, take a picture front and back and back of the, the tag. Then put it in the box. Mm-hmm. Seal the box. Put a post-it note on the box that says what's in that box. Oh, this is good. And then put it on eBay. P- and then people it,
0: are going to want a tracking number. I'm glad you're walking through this. Yeah. Whoa, they're gonna want a tracking number. They might want a tracking number. Oh. I I like a tracking number. Okay, so how do you get that? Well, I think when you I think it's gonna be uh, is, it, is it, I don't know. I mean can the robot give it to you? I don't know. Hmm. I'm sorry, I, I over I overcomplicated
2: this. No, I didn't no, no, but to. you're right, I do like a tracking number too. Yeah. Okay, so I'll figure that out. But you figure, anyway, figure that out the robot probably has an <coughs> FAQ you could read. Oh, but then I but then I have to go back to the eBay and put the tracking number in. I guess I could do that. I could probably do that. I'll take the post-it note that has what's on it to the post office, write the tracking number on the self-same post-it note, and then bring those home in a stack. You could make a custom label.
0: You should get some labels. Custom. Custom labels, or like you could get a database. Oh, Oh, little voice. It's too much. It's too much. You don't know how to make databases. You can't
2: sell things. I'm going to put it on there. I don't even need a
0: database. It's going to be all on post-it notes. Nope. It's going to be like the Wall Let's of Let's be office. honest. These are these are these are fans. There's one say fan anymore. These are people who who want to own your clothes and they're just going to mm. be happy to have it whenever it arrives. Well, well. You you don't want got- to over-engineer it.
2: But I've got candlesticks. I've got patches that say things like you know, Alaska State Fair, nineteen eighty nine. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna put a bunch of weird stuff on there at all price points. And somebody that wants a four hundred dollar jacket can have one. And somebody that wants a a dollar
0: ninety five uh, Alaska. Is that where State you're gonna Fair. cover the waterfront? There's a little something for anybody. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like mm. if you put
2: an eBay store up and it's just like all oh, this stuff is really expensive. Go go fuck yourself. They're all from the nineteen fifties. Yeah. Then there are gonna be people that are like meh. But if you just put, like, oh, and here's some other stuff, and here's some stuff that so, it was so around. Really, The stuff
0: is priced to move, by and large, though, right?
2: Well, I, I think the way to do an eBay store is you put everything on there for 99 cents, and then people then let the market decide. <gasps> let the market decide. You don't be one of those that's like, this, my buy-it-now price is $7,000. Like, yeah. You're eat not going to move units with that attitude like oh, that. No, eat it. And also, maybe there are two people out there, both of whom are rich, both mm-hmm. of whom want the same thing, and they get into some crazy thing like a, like in a, oh, in a James Bond war. movie. Yeah, where you're at Christie's, and somebody's like, $1 million, and then James Bond is like, $1,200, and, uh, you know, it's like one of those scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. But I assume that the market will, will decide what these belt buckles
0: are worth. You know, it seems so obvious now. You need to get your feet wet. You just got to, you know what, just get a couple, three things. Maybe you just send it to people you think deserve it. Get a feel for it in low-pressure circumstances. You should pick a couple people, if mm-hmm. I may say. Pick mm-hmm. a couple people who deserve to have a patch or some pants. Okay. You choose them maybe even arbitrarily. Maybe they don't even know it's coming. Yeah, And you just get your feet wet with the post office type situation. Oh, you're saying just send it to them. Don't even just worry about the eBay. Just send it to them. Don't even, well, because like here, that's your, That's the feet getting wet, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, You yeah, don't yeah, want to yeah.
0: have to over-engineer the boots in order to get onto the eBay. Just get, you know, get your sea legs, burn one off. You go have a job interview at a place you don't ever have an intention of working. That's still practice for job interviews.
2: I see, I see, I see. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right. And maybe it's something, you know, you think maybe wouldn't uh, fetch a lot of money, but but you get a feel for it. And then, yeah. then you, now you learn the ins and outs. You're not practicing on an actual customer. You know, like, oh, oh, now I need to also get some of those inflatable bags of air that I always uh, 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 pop from from, yeah. from Amazon, or maybe you need to get some like wrapping paper in a roll or something like that. No, oh, okay. Oh, oh, all right. You don't have any wrapping paper in a roll yet, ah, <laughs> little <shut> boys. <laughs> I
2: I bought a uh, I bought a a, a, a tunic <laughs> from uh, the Canadian Royal Canadian Mounted Police Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh because apparently uh the Royal Canadian Mounted Police uniform, the iconic red uniform, mm-hmm. is considered a copyright of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. And if you quit the mounties, which I don't think you you can, it's no, like, it's the like the the Costa Nostra, mm-hmm. right. No oh, the Marines are uh, the cosa <laughs> <Nostra. laughs> Uh they take your jacket. You don't just get to take it and take it to a thrift store or give it to your kid. Oh. They're like, you're not working anymore. Give us the jacket back. It's huh. it's one of those like this thing belongs to us, like your like your Amazon ID card. You don't get to go put that on your vision board. Right. Uh, if you quit, they take it back. I didn't realize this about the Mounted Police jacket, but if you go online and try and found, find a Mounties jacket, good luck, my friend. They got that on lock. But they don't. Do the same thing to the mounted police cadet jackets from the Royal Canadian Mounted Police oh, Academy. Oh, interesting! Which are uh, beautiful red tunics, but also even fancier. Is it than that the same mounted
0: cool police. color? It's the same cool. Color. Oh, I see what you mean by a tunic. It's not quite a Nehru, but it's going to be like a jacket like that.
2: It's a jacket, but it doesn't have a collar. It's got a like a like oh, okay.
0: a yeah. Uh, does, does it does it seem somewhat uh, liturgical, like like a like a yes. priest kind of outfit?
2: Yes. Oh, nice yes. Canadian priest. It's like a thing that you would wear if you were in the, uh, if you were in Queen Victoria's band.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: All right. Uh, so I ordered one and it came in the, It came, and I ordered it from a guy who lives in a shipping container outside of Toronto. And he was like, I don't want to deal with email. I'm, I'm too old. I want you to call me on the phone. And I was like, you know what? This is just, I'm I'm buying a crazy thing. This is so crazy. I'm just going to do it. Go so on in. I called him and we talked on the phone for two hours because he was like, one time I was in Vietnam. And I was like, tell me more, crazy guy who lives in a shipping container with 10,000 Royal Canadian Mounted Police Academy tunics. Anyway, I bought this thing and it was, it's beautiful. But the problem is, if you are a cadet, if
0: you're a police cadet, guess what? Hmm. You're in better shape than me. Oh, sure. Well, shape. I mean, but are the Canadians smaller as a people?
2: I mean, everybody is smaller as a people than right.
0: pound. pound, for m- pound. Mm-hmm. me,
2: right? Mm. Like if oh, you are, yeah. if you're in the Royal Canadian Mounted Police Academy and you are six, three and 240 pounds, you are probably built like a professional wrestler rather than like me, some, you know, like a, like a, uh, uh whatever, guitar jockey, like old, <laughs> old fat guitar jockey. So the thing doesn't fit. And so every single friend that came to the house for about 4 months I was like, "Hey, why don't you try on this cool jacket?" That's a good Canadian it, uh, Cinderella. Yeah, see if it fits you. Mm-hmm. And I and I put it on Hodgman and it was uh, the sleeves were too long. And I put it on, you know, Jonathan Colton and the sleeves were too short. And I put it on Ken Jennings and the it fit around the neck but not around the something and one by one I like, no, nobody could wear it uh, because it just was wrong. It was wrong for everybody. Sure. And I was like, I don't have a single friend that this jacket fits, let alone, leave, uh, leaving aside the fact that not a single one of these people, even, they were like, why are you doing this to me? Right. Like, none of them felt like this is this jacket belongs to me because none of them are in Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. No, it didn't call to any of them. No. And the thing is, if I sent that to you, it's not the type of thing you would wear either. I might wear like, it around the house wear it around the house I love right Canada. When, when it's time to go into the kitchen and start laying down the law about where which which pots are going to go where oh, if you were right. wearing that jacket
0: yes i think you'd get taken away I, I, I get some respect finally
2: yeah 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 it's, it's it's that's exactly what it is it's a respect jacket yeah it says respect my process yeah respect here i am you know like like uh, uh here i come to save the day is what it <laughs> says
0: yeah i totally agree so you still haven't found <laughs> your canadian cinderella
2: no, and I'm afraid if I, I'm afraid if I was gonna send a package to somebody, it would be that jacket. But it would arrive and it would be it wouldn't be a mitzvah. It would be like a
0: shitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> I like yours better.
1: <laughs> shitzvah. It's a schitzvah. <laughs>